This is F Society IRC Podcast, a Mr. Robot Show. I'm your moderator of this chat, Feroja Shai. Hello, this is Feroja Shai, speaking to you once again about Mr. Robot. This is an off-season review. I should say it's not a review, but what it is is a continuation of some of these episodes. Kind of parse out to begin for the beginning of season three. Uh, since it's San Diego, San Diego Comic Week, uh, Comic Con, and uh, Mr. Robot is supposed to make an appearance, and he's, uh, I believe they have a panel and some activities uh, occurring around Comic Con. I thought I should do an episode about some of the subjects that I stated at um, the end of my thoughts about what's going to happen in season three. Uh, what the, the difference between ecoin and bitcoin was because i do believe that they will have a part to play in the upcoming season um, ecoin already had a part to play both in the background and as well as a plot point bitcoin of course was the payment system that um, that was utilized by the uh, drug marketplace that elliot um, was that was uh, trying to support to uh, get up and running for ray of course, what we know is that Ray was the uh, prison warden, uh, warden that uh, Ellie was housed at for his activities for stealing the doll before and after his psychiatrist is um, married boyfriend, as well as hacking his account and things of that nature. But so Ellie was helping Ray, making sure that the Bitcoin was getting stolen, that the, the drug website was going to get up and running. And they stopped getting hacked. Um, he was also a subject of, because of the warden getting caught, um, you know, Elliot was going to be responsible for the loss of certain assets of any of the prisoners in the place, particularly one group that wanted to attack and try to attack um, Elliot. As a result, uh, Leon intervened and killed his attackers on behalf of White Rose. I guess White Rose was protecting Elliot in prison. I don't quite know exactly how the, the full scope on that storyline in and itself is something that's being left for season three. We do know that White Rose and Elliot, you know, through F Society were working together and working particularly on phase two. We kind of know what phase two is, but I don't think we know the full scope of phase two. But anyways, uh, so Bitcoin was in the background as a payment system, as a background plot point for the drug marketplace. Ecoin, of course, was a key contentious point. Of Philip Price, he wanted Ecoin to get up and running to bring uh, Evil Corp or E Corp back online, if you will, back into the financial sector, back in control of things, back being a, a primary player. Uh, Ecoin now backed with a two trillion dollar bailout from China that's supposed to fix the global economy because as a result of the hack, uh, Ecoin went down. They're responsible for a lot of banking, financial infrastructures, and so their collapse dramatically affected not only the global economy, but you can see through various uh, backgrounds uh, as well as the closing of businesses, um, the different activities and the nature of the different habits that uh, individuals on the show were doing, that it was also affecting the economy of the state of New York, as well as the city of New York. It got pretty bad there where garbage was being burned in dumpsters. Uh, again, we were saying that businesses were failing or closing up. The brownouts might be a, a side effect of the fact of the global collapse. There was, you know, people were not only protesting the street, but people were striking because they were not getting paid or paid on time or adequately. And so, eCoin was something that was being released by Evil Corp through their app, um, and it will allow you to do things like paying for all their um, taxi rides, uh, paying for your groceries. Uh, if you have a Evil Corp affiliated bank account is already attached to your banking information so you are going to get these e-coins and allow you to do all these payments it's going to be faster than debit and credit card or even money or safe money and money and this is something that uh, evil uh, evil corp was putting out there more importantly uh, philip price was stating to the fed to make it legal for evil uh, you know e-coin to exist that they were going to allow for the government to have access to all the wallets, all the data, all the information, so they can see everything's going on um, with eCoin, and they have, you know, back doors, side doors, whatever is necessary to get eCoin onto the marketplace and be considered a valid currency. Um, 
We also know there's a contention between White Rose and Philip Price about the e-coin project as a way of resolving the hack. Now, again, we don't know exactly what White Rose is and if um, the Dark Army's affiliation with Philip Price. We don't, we're not quite sure, but it's suspected that Philip Price is well aware that uh, White Rose, um, or I should say, uh, what is this? What is his government name? Why is the Chinese minister that his uh, identity that he keeps uh, within the Chinese ministry that we're not quite certain, but it's hinted that Philip Price is aware of the fact that White White Rose, you know, he is uh, White Rose and he's in, in charge of at uh, the Dark Army. But again, we're not sure exactly what the Dark Army's alliance is really with Philip Price. Are they playing both sides? Is this Hong Kong? We're not really, really sure. Uh, some of it's up in the air. Some of it's hinted at. There's uh, something even deeply more personal that White Rose has when it comes to, and we'll talk about the, the Washington Township plant. Uh, we'll talk about that in the next episode, or I should say not the next episode, but the episode after the next one. Um, we'll talk about my theory about the Washington Township plant and how it is a, it may be, in fact, the ultimate MacGuffin, and we'll, we'll break that down and talk about it. But I think it's important to understand what eCoin is versus Bitcoin, about government versus private property, about uh, the nature of eCoin itself, and how this may, in fact, play a role on the show, but also a lot of what's happening with Mr. Robot and why it resonates with people is to take really tangible, real-world concepts like Bitcoin, um, like these various hacks that happen, these different types of protests, uh, the nature of the structure of evil corporates and companies, these things that we are aware of that are um, out there in the world, uh, these tangible things, bring it into this fictional space, you know, and maybe exaggerate a little bit or emphasize certain aspects a little bit more, and, and bring it into this uh, fictionalized world, this hyper-realized world, if you will, that is Mr. Robot particularly of the probability of some of these uh, concepts existing, like the Ashley Madison Act was talked about on Mr. Robot and within, I would say, the month of the, the show airing, or the show starting, the Ashley Madison Act actually happened. It was already, a, you know, all the shows were already finished and edited and everything like that, and it's already, you know, it was already a plot point before even the Ashley Madison Act happened. Um, the election stuff. I should say election stuff, but the bailout type of stuff. That's something that's already happened. I'm sure the election stuff will have a role to play um, in season three, even though they're, I believe their timeline is that they're still in 2015, so maybe not as much, considering that everything's taking place within a pretty short window of time. There's not like years or months. It's not like Game of Thrones or something like that, where there's months and years and seasons. And I'm not quite sure of the timeline. Uh, there have been pretty consistent about the days and, and um, the speed upon which the show has um, begun, if you will, from the first episode to now. I believe everything has taken place within a 120-day window period, almost 90 days, I believe. Uh, everything has taken place is, is right around that time frame. So, and I, my understanding is season three is supposed to pick up right where season two ended. So. Not much of too much of a time jump or anything like that. But again, not only is these hyper realistic um, concepts or ideas or technology like uh, the different hacking techniques, uh, the use of the Raspberry Pi, uh, concept of Bitcoin being on the show with eCoin, uh, the, the political machinations or the political concepts that are happening with you know the bailout and well the FBI and how they can't really do anything because of the politics within their space and the powers that be, uh, the one percenters, if you will, all this, all this, all this talk, the F society itself, the type of nature of the protests, uh, the responses that we see from the uh, consistent news anchor that everyone seems to be watching on the show, the things he espouses and talks about, um, kind of filter into the show. And so, I thought, thought it was very important we understand exactly, you know, first off, what Bitcoin is, what cryptocurrency is, what eCoin is, and what exactly Philip Price is saying when he's telling the Fed to get this online, that they're able to have access to everything. 
So let's start from the very beginning. Let's begin with what is Bitcoin? So Bitcoin is something that came into existence um, in 2008. Uh, it was a white paper that was published by someone or a group of individuals known as Satoshi Nakamoto. No one knows who this real individual is, if he's a group of people, male, female, ethnicity, point of origin, or anything like that. He's a, a Satoshi Nakamoto has been very successful in keeping their identity, their real world identity, um, separate from the other uh, pseudonyms, this uh, anonymous identity that they created for the purpose of uh, this program. Let's talk about what this program is. And I'm coming from the Wicca, so I'm just trying to keep it very simple. Uh, Bitcoin is a cryptocurrency and a digital payment system, as we all know about. Uh, invented by an unknown programmer or a group of programmers by the name of Satoshi Nakamoto, uh, it was released as an open source software in 2008. So let's, let's talk about you still sit in my seat. Okay, what is cryptocurrency? So, currency, I think you should pretty much already know about. It's known as the dollar bills, it's a monetary system. You know, it is. Um, the, the means of payment that everyone is utilizing, whether it be dollars, rubles, yen, whatever it is. When you're swiping with your debit and credit card, rent granted is ones and zeros, uh, but it's basically a digital transfer information. But the concept is that you're going to able to obtain, if you choose to obtain it, um, those greenbacks of your you know currencies backed by the USD or whatever the currency is that uh, as an individual when you're uh, doing commerce and you're sliding your card, these you're transacting within that particular uh, government's currencies. And mind you, currencies are issued by a central authority. They're issued uh, pretty much 99.9% .9 of the time by a government, whether it be elected, theocratic, uh, monarchy, any form of whatever the form of government is, they are responsible for the issuing of currency. Uh, holding it, maintaining it, issuing it, uh, making sure uh, as central planners that the economy is going. Now, the crypto part of this as a cryptocurrency is, is, a, is short cryptography. Cryptography is a mathematical principle that allows you to obfuscate, obfuscate and hide and using math to transmit information in a coded fashion. That's what cryptography is. And there's various different mathematical principles and formulas that allow you to do that. And combining this mathematical principles of math, of using, of hiding of information and transacting information, if you will, combining that with cryptocurrency, with currency gives you cryptocurrency. I'm also going to read a little Wicca so you can have a, a little basic understanding here of what cryptocurrency is. Um, it's a digital asset designed to work as a medium exchange using cryptography to secure the transactions and control the creation of additional units of currency. Uh, cryptocurrencies are classified as a subset of digital currencies and are also classified as a subset of alternative currencies. Uh, still from um, the Wicca of cryptocurrency, Bitcoin became the first decentralized cryptocurrency in 2009. Since then, numerous cryptocurrencies have been created. They're frequently called altcoins or a blend of Bitcoin and alternative. Bitcoin and its derivatives use decentralized control as opposed to centralized electronic money or centralized banking systems. The decentralized control is related to the use of a Bitcoin's blockchain transaction database in the world of the distributed ledger. So we're going to go back to the Bitcoin so we can break down the sentence here about decentralized control. So decentralized control, um, if you're familiar with the concept of BitTorrent, of Napster, these were efforts to do what is called peer-to-peer, -peer, which is where you do these transactions or interactions from one person to another of a group of individuals where you're not utilizing, well, for example, Napster, one of the reasons why they went shut down is they utilized a centralized server. And that's because I, you can say the technology at the time or the development of peer-to-peer -peer or decentralized uh, server information or decentralizing of information wasn't quite there yet. While it was in theory, the application hadn't existed yet. But BitTorrent is decentralized. It's a software program. You can upload it to your computer. You, what, you run what's called a node or a torrent system where it allows you to upload um, movies, download movies. You can be a seeder. 
So you're you have fragments of a movie or some of the share fragments of the movie is distributed across the torrent system so that way uh, as many people as possible can you know more seizures there are the more people can view this particular movie you can do it like that most people are downloaders but when you're a seeder you help contribute to the strength you know the, the well-being of a particular torrent network it's not just movies it's movies music uh, any bits of information if you will distributed uh, widely as possible to various servers, personal computers, things of that nature is so widely spread, it's distributed. And because it's distributed and there's no centralized authority, there's no central, like, Amazon AWS, like, whenever that goes down, pretty much the whole internet goes down. There's no centralized authority or no centralized server or point of attack. So no, all the information, all your eggs are not in one boss, a basket. It's spread throughout the, throughout the world, really, globally. At the same time, it's, it's this concept of peer-to-peer where it's like individual interactions, one-on-one type of interactions, you know, group-on-group interactions. Very simple, basic uh, interactions of sharing inf- information. So we're going to go a little bit further right here in the, um, this, the Wicca of the Bitcoin. So the system is peer-to-peer and the transactions take place between users directly without intermediaries. These transactions are verified by the network nodes and recorded in a public distributed ledger called a blockchain. Since the system works without a central repository or single administrator, uh, Bitcoin is called the first decentralized digital currency. So, there's this thing called um, a blockchain. Basically what it is, is a, is a ledger. All the transactions, all the Bitcoin, all the information, like uh, how it's spent, you know, how much you're giving to somebody, uh, how much... Uh, Bitcoin you receive, all that is recorded on the on the blockchain. And what is recorded is, for example, uh, I have one Bitcoin. I give it to my friend James. So I give the Bitcoin to James, and James you know has a Bitcoin wallet. He receives that one big one Bitcoin. So what is recorded on the ledger is Rosa Shy gives whatever James wallet is one Bitcoin. That's what the transaction is. What is not identified, for example, is that it's actually James's Bitcoin wallet. Um, if he's careful, and there's ways around it, I don't want to get too complicated. If James is careful, like you're not going to see James and his last name and his address and all that information that you get with credit cards and debit cards attached to that Bitcoin um, address. All it is is that Bitcoin address, which starts with a one, like 16 numbers, yes, yeah, like 16 numbers. Then he goes high as 32 numbers. That's what the address is. And that's it. That's all the information is, is that from my address, Rosa Shai's address, to his address, there was a one Bitcoin transfer. Now, say, for example, James were then to take that one Bitcoin and split it, just like you would break a $100 bill or a $10 bill, and he decides to split it and keep it um, half of it in that um, Bitcoin address I sent it to him. And then he decides to transfer half of it into a different uh, Bitcoin address that he has ownership of. You, you can see that transaction. You can follow the transaction of that occurring, where it goes from my Bitcoin address to James's Bitcoin address to this other Bitcoin address that uh, James decided to send half of his Bitcoin to. And you can follow that type of information. What is not, again, what is not to emphasize, what is not attached to those addresses is just like with a bank account where you have to show your government ID, you have to give your social security number, your address, you, you know, sometimes you have to present a, you know, that you have ownership of that address, like you actually live there, so you have to have a, either a utility bill or a recent agreement or some kind of mortgage application uh, to demonstrate that you live there. All this, you know, personal information that if a place were to get hacked or something like that, uh, that information can be out there. Uh, second, for example, uh, the banks could then, you know, take your information and sell it to third parties who could then try to sell your information to somebody, another party, or start targeting for all sorts of marketing or whatever, you know, marketing or you know, spamming your mailbox, uh, whether it be email or your physical mailbox. So it's a privacy issue that a lot of people utilize the Bitcoin currency or any of the cryptocurrencies because they don't want their information so broadly broadcast. The other thing is uh, many people are against uh, centralized currency systems. They don't think that the government 
should have so much control of currency or even the economy in itself. So it's a more of a political movement for them. Uh, third, it is a very, very, and there are issues, but it's far, far more, I would say, safer to transact monetarily with a cryptocurrency than it is with your debit and credit card. And, and it's for these reasons. One, it has again to do with hacking uh, people's personal information, whether you are, your information gets hacked from a bank or from whatever merchant. When you swipe your card, they also get your information if they were ever to hack. Um, two, your information you know getting stolen and having just you know your your debit or credit card information getting stolen, um, and having your you know all of a sudden you don't have any money in your bank account. And third, there's this thing called chargebacks when it comes to credit cards. So if you um, make a purchase with a store, for example, say Amazon. And you purchase, you know, hundred or two hundred dollars worth of goods, and then you tell your credit card company that I didn't make this purchase, then they will refund your money. And Amazon doesn't, you know, it's already sent your goods. Amazon doesn't get that two hundred dollars, so they lose out on that um, on that money. And there's a lot of fraud when it comes to credit cards, and for the most part, merchants don't really, unless they're a huge big player. Um, really don't have any recourse when it comes to chargebacks. And because of that, um, you, you still see like very a lot of small businesses don't have debit or credit cards. Sometimes they're just cash only, or they don't take credit cards, or they don't take certain um, credit cards. They don't take like maybe American Express or Discover, or they're only just Visa and not MasterCard because of fees associated with those cards. Because every time you swipe, the merchant themselves also has to give up a little bit of their money towards uh, Visa and MasterCard for having access to their payment platform. So there's a lot of reasons um, people utilize Bitcoin or these cryptocurrencies and see it as an alternative. You know, again, just kind of summarize. Uh, your personal information is not completely attached. You don't have to have a government ID to open up uh, a um, Bitcoin wallet or utilize the system. Two. It's not a centralized authority that's um, issuing this monetary um, information. It's just uh, a bunch of people gathered together, uh, utilizing the software program, working on it, and making it happen. Uh, so it's decentralized. No, no government controls it. No group of people control it. It's a bunch of people going along this path together. Uh, three, it's uh, when transactions occur, cryptocurrency you're not getting this charge back it's final it's like cash once you hand it hand over the cryptocurrency the transaction's done you're you're not going to get it back as a one and done type of deal so if you make any kind of mistakes or your merchant you don't have to worry about the chargeback now don't mind mind me don't don't mistake that like if you have like a bad product or anything like that you go through the the those normal procedures and eventually you may in fact receive your funds back but it's a process. It's not automatic. You don't call your credit card company and say, I didn't make this purchase when in fact you did. And third, there is not these... Fourth, there's not these merchant fees, these additional hidden fees associated with uh, like the MasterCard, uh, Visa, American Express that merchants have to pay, but even also users have to pay you know, in order to maintain a, a banking account. You have to have X amount of dollars on a monthly basis at the end of the month uh, in your bank account or they charge you. If you over, you over like a buck, you can get like a $35 uh, overcharge fee. Uh, all sorts of weirdness when it comes to the banking system. Okay, so I'm going to break it down a little bit more. I don't think you have to know too much of the details, but like, for example, there's only 21 million coins will ever be created with Bitcoin. Bitcoin it utilizes the mathematical principles of cryptography to power the network, if you will. It's decentralized in the sense that anyone can, if they have an internet connection, can download the program up and have it on their desktop, laptop, or even mobile devices to engage and interact with the network. We have what are called wallets, which are no different than that are uh, no different than your debit or credit card system, like if you're looking at using things like Vimo, 
PayPal, those type of deals, it operates in a similar fashion. Instead of having um, ones and zeros represented cash, you have ones and zeros represented by Bitcoin that can be transferred to any type of fiat currency. That's another benefit of Bitcoin because it's decentralized and peer-to-peer. It's global. That means you can transfer Bitcoin to any currency in the world um, versus, you know, your debit, credit, or banking information. You have to go through the banking infrastructure, and it takes weeks. With Bitcoin, it can take either minutes to less, uh, less than a minute, depending on where you are in the world. So that is a very basic thumbnail sketch of what Bitcoin is. It's basically these digital assets, this uh, monetary policy or currency, if you will, that is, you know, is dubbed the Internet of Money, but that is uh, utilized globally around the world. It was um, the concept of it was published in 2008. Its actual software information is 2009. We're here in 2017, so it's been almost around a decade now that it's come into existence. It's traded currently, I think. At $2,300 for just one Bitcoin. So it has a significant amount of value. Um, it is utilized by a lot of people, but it has a long way to go to be completely disrupted of the financial structure. Don't mind. It's, it is disrupting the financial structure, but it's to be have a, like a crater impact, if you will, it's going to take time. I think it's more of a slow creep of a type of deal, much like Amazon when it comes to uh, the retail industry or just e-commerce in general when it comes to the retail industry. It, it takes time. Now, mind you, Bitcoin in of itself is very niche. It's, very, it's still kind of very technical. So not everyone is quite using it, even though it's still very disruptive. There are still a lot of people using it. People are very much evangelizing it. And it's building some steam. But it's nowhere near, like, maybe, for example, a Napster level or something like Snapchat or uh, IG. It's still very, you know, a very small community, even though it has tremendous amount of economic value and utility. And even with the other uh, cryptocurrencies um, bundled into the, the concept of Bitcoin as a whole, the community as a whole, all the cryptocurrencies, it's still a very small space but that's just something unique to mr robot where someone like elliot would utilize something like bitcoin uh, in an economic crisis such as which is occurring in places like venezuela greece um, maybe a few other places uh, maybe even places that are not in economic crisis but um, have a need for digital currencies like kenya you know, even India, uh, Japan just uh, stated that uh, Bitcoin is a valid payment platform, so it's something that's also not being taxed. Uh, it's being treated as a valid means of uh, trading goods and services. It's being recognized by the government. Bitcoin is still very small. So something like this, like I said, would be utilized by Elliot. It would also be utilized by people like someone like Ray and people who dark market or dark net that are selling illicit goods because while it doesn't provide absolute anonymity, it has what is called pseudonymity where you don't have to have your real identity attached to it. There are methods and means if you are not careful that your identity can be exposed, like your IP address or the nature upon which you've retained it, things like that. There's tracking methods and I don't want to go too in detail because we're going to talk about that with uh, eCoin, but that it is possible with Bitcoin, but it's, it takes amount of effort, and there are also countermeasures where it makes it um, almost impossible to find someone's real identity in the real world. But that being said, that's something that would be utilized by someone like uh, Ray in his dark market site, where you can go on there and pay, and pay for drugs on the site with Bitcoin as the primary currency. Again, Ray's site, as we talked about it during the uh, review of season two, was based on the Silk Road uh, created by Ross Ulbricht that utilized uh, Bitcoin as a payment method for the various services that were put on the site, and most of it was primarily within the drug trade. So this is something that would fit within the Mr. Robot space. This is something that people utilize. And most importantly, because of certain uh, collapses that were happening within the 
economies around the world, Bitcoin has popped up as a means of hedging and allowing for people to be able to purchase goods and services utilizing this currency. Mind you, because it's digital, because all it requires is a connection to the internet, um, it's easy to kind of transact, it's easy to kind of circumnavigate any kind of government controls or make it banded or make it uh, difficult for people to utilize. And because of that, because it's mobility, because it's distributed, because there's no uh, company that controls Bitcoin, there's no government that controls uh, Bitcoin, anyone can utilize it um, because it's global, distributed, and decentralized. And most importantly, um, a key component that I should have mentioned earlier, it's open source, so you can see the code, anyone can contribute to Bitcoin, which I think is proof or consensus if people like your little addition to the Bitcoin community. Uh, anyone can build off of it. No one has very permissionless. You don't have to ask anyone's permission. You just have to build it, make it work, and if people like it, they'll utilize it. And because of those components, it's why it's um, disruptive. It's why it's so highly distributed. Uh, it could be more distributed, I think, uh, globally speaking, but so many people are utilizing it. Now, contrast that with what Philip Price is talking about when he talks about to the Fed how eCoin is going to have all these back doors. eCoin uh, is going to allow the Fed to be able to see everything happening on their blockchain, everything in their servers, everything in their wallets. They're going to have a uh, complete and absolute control, if you will, in the sense that they can see everything that's happening, all the transactions that are happening, all the monetary decisions that people are making, um, whether it be small, big business, small businesses, individual levels, uh, the government will be able to see all of it. And why that's uh, not only dangerous, but uh, something that could potentially be happening, if you think about it in the sense of debit and credit cards. Uh, debit and credit cards, if you were to, for example, porn, if you were to purchase porn, it doesn't typically show up on your debit or credit card as, you know, you know, XXX, I don't know, XXX, Girls on Girls, Volume 16. Um, that's not going to show up on your statement. It's going to show up in very innocuous, like, um, Movie 3, 5. So that's what's going to pull up pop up on your uh, debit and credit card transaction so nobody can see that you purchased porn. Now, MasterCard and Visa card kind of on the back end, no, because the company that uh, produces XXX Girls on Girls Volume 16, uh, they know it's a, a porn company. They know that, uh, the name of that business, the LLC, and the nature of that type of business. But if someone were to hack into your system or someone were to look into your personal history or something like that, or the government were to come after you for whatever reason, or anyone were to come after you, no one would be able to kind of figure out, unless they themselves are also porn users, know that the movie 3.5 C is actually a porn movie. Um, which is important because people should be able to transact and frown upon or not viewed well, well very well uh, interactions without any type of scrutiny. Now, some debit credit credit cards and some banking companies don't uh, accept, even though it's a legal lawful business, don't accept porn as a, a an account holder. They won't accept that person as a business holder. They won't uh, loan them money. Uh, they won't even accept their employees as a payroll um, or even personal accounts. There's, there was a massive shutdown that I think it was occurring between 2012 and 2014 where all these different industries were shutting down, like uh, money lending places, foreign places, all these, even gun stores, all these uh, very lawful businesses were having their accounts seized, frozen, cash taken, all these things because the government put extra scrutiny on the, on the emphasis of protecting people from fraud, from industries that may in fact have been plagued by fraud. But it's such a wide net scoop that a lot of uh, banking account, all this extra scrutiny to these industries, uh, a lot of banks started dropping these account holders because they didn't want to deal with the additional government hassle, if you will. And that's just with the already existing arm infrastructure. And because digital currencies operate like cash, if someone were to go to a fiscal store 
and drop and plop cash down. But well, there's no name attached to cash. You're not going to see cash popping up on any kind of electronic form attached to you or even a paper form. You might just get the receipt acknowledging they made payment and walk out of the store. Unless someone actually physically, you know, comes to your place and somehow finds your porn stash, most people wouldn't know when your porn habits or anything like of that nature. And this goes to the same thing with like charities, uh, political contributions, things of that nature that can easily be tracked. Now, some things have to be like you hit a certain threshold. You have to disclose for either tax purposes or for uh, transparency when it comes to politics, and it varies from state to state and at the federal level what that threshold hill threshold is but for the most part um, you can give you know very small donations uh, whether cash or debit credit or even check and not have um, too much of a paper trail that can come back to you you have to do all this extra effort to to find that paper trail but with something like digital currency something like bitcoin you could like as soon as you attach that name to that particular um crypto wallet you can go through this public ledger that keeps all the transactions all the history of ever happening in existence when it comes to these transactions and you can trace and track all their spending habits and find out all the data if you wanted about a person how often they get coffee what type of coffee they get do they get coffee with certain people do they get coffee at a certain point in time in existence do they get coffee um, only on one side of the town or through one chain of branches. You can probably track and um, build up a kind of profile. Even if, for example, like you're trying to find out, like for example, a political opposition opposition group. You're trying to find out if, like, who it is they're meeting, who is it they're seeking, and you haven't been very successful through normal means of following around or hacking into their emails or phone communications. So you might go through the monetary stuff and look at their debit and credit card transactions and then see who else has debit and credit card transactions and try to link them. Well, maybe that doesn't quite work. Maybe it doesn't because they're paying in cash. But if you live in, as we're increasingly becoming to live in a society where things are not done cash and you start having something like eCoin, well, then eCoin, which is easier to use, um, it's on a mobile device, uh, you're getting paid in eCoin, you can spend in eCoin, it's very final like like cash is where you don't have to worry about did the money come out um, properly, is there an overcharge, uh, as a merchant you don't have to worry about uh, chargebacks, as a consumer you don't have to worry about paying an additional like maybe a 35 cent credit card fee because you're a small business, you just you know tap your phone or they scan your, your smartphone like with a little wand thing or however it means they might be accepting these digital currencies, there's different ways to do it. Is, and since it's final like cash, you can start doing the same thing that you might be able to do with debit and credit card, but you can now do it with this kind of digital cash thing, and you can track and see, okay, who else is in that cafe at that exact point in time purchasing and buying coffee? Are they there all the time? Are they there on a consistent basis? Um, and start profiling to see your associations and doing a lot of the linkage. And that's a, a big scary thing that people are very much against with the whole concept of getting rid of cash because such um, digital transactions, um, whether it be the very ineffective and inefficient uh, financial means of debit and credit cards in the current banking system, or even something as new as crypt, uh, cryptocurrency, you can track and find all this aggregated information about a person, and then you can start either marketing them, influencing them, tracking them, uh, getting rid of them, all sorts of, you know, very nefarious things could, and even anarchistic could happen with such type of information. And that is what Philip Price is offering the federal government uh, through the, within the fictional show Mr. Robot. He's stating that he's using the existing infrastructure that is e-coin, that's based off of Bitcoin, this digital monetary thing that's going to be issued by a central authority in this case, uh, Evil Corp and the federal government, and then utilizing that same technology that's already been shown to come into existence, but allowing for the government to associate it to people, to be able to view, um, name people through their, their monetary transactions, and book and trace and track all the digital history of 
these coins from whether they get paid in it, pay for that coffee, that same coin then, you know, goes into the merchant, the merchant then uses it to pay the vendor, that vendor then uses it to pay for his supplier, the supplier then turns around, pays it for his manufacturer, the manufacturer turns around, pays it for whatever cost that they have, and then might utilize some of that for payroll and going, you know, through the chain, if you will, of that particular coin, going through the whole entire history because everything's on a ledger and you can see all the transactions happen, all the different hops and how it moves across across the world, if you will, globally. You can do all sorts of, you know, data ag- aggregation when it comes to supply chains and finding out, well, why is this one company hoarding so much of their e-coin? Why are they spending their cash? Why are they spending their cash all in this particular, or e-coin in this particular region? You can probably backtrack and figure out, like, what it is they're doing. And when it comes to, like, for example, Ray's little drug marketplace, well, if they were utilizing e-coin, you could probably trace back all those purchases back to an individual, just like you would a debit, debit or credit card. In the case of Bitcoin, it takes a lot more effort. There's a lot of more work you have to do. It is possible, but almost fruitless, kind of like uh, cash because of the volume and the transactions and the fact that you can't really truly, completely prove it um, necessarily because just simply because it comes from an address that may be associated with an IP, uh, you don't know that IP is associated with the person that you might be knocking on the door. Uh, it could have been fake. It could have been somebody else in the house. You know, there's, there's just like uh, with hacking and certain uh, cyber crimes, there's not a very definitive way, and you have to go uh, this super extra mile to prove it to that is that individual and. Oftentimes, it's either a slip on the part of a hacker or something of that nature to get that kind of concrete evidence, if you will. So, with something like that, this um, all-seeing, powerful corporation backed by the federal government issuing a digital currency, entering the 21st century where everything, everyone's doing everything on the internet, and now you have a, a money system that is backed by the government, that's controlled by this uh, corporation, that's out there and existed in the industrial robot world, that will allow for the, the economy, I guess, to get pick up its pieces or whatever. That's the thing this e-coin issue is. But allow for the government to track and trace everybody. And because the e-core is such a huge company, where all their businesses that have their business accounts with eCorp can just switch over and accept eCorp for uh, all their transactions. It's already they already have a they already have an existing infrastructure versus Bitcoin where they have to go merchant by merchant by merchant and get that adoption. They already have the merchants. All they have to do is just flip the switch and now you're accepting eCorp. So it allows them to have not only dominance in the United States but global dominance around the world when it comes to distributing this e-coin, distributing this monetary system, getting people um, familiar with it, accessing it, having it, paying for goods and services, getting paid for it, paying their bill. They get a reduction in their mortgage and they utilize e-coins or accept e-coins through their business. Things of that type of nature and getting it out there and pumping it out there. And at the same time, they're going to get all this data, all this information, all this uh, name associations to these people, track everything down so they're going to know things about whether or not purchase guns, whether or not they make certain political contributions, whether or not they have, um, you know, porn, drugs, things of that nature, illicit, non-illicit stuff, and track all that information, and whenever somebody's a problem, they're going to be able to have uh, a data aggregated way of tracking and finding them and either shutting them down, getting rid of them, or subverting them in any type of fashion. And that is a very extremely powerful tool. And this is what Philip Price is offering to the government. This is what they're plus with our two trillion dollar bailout that's gonna supposed to elevate eCoin to or eCorp into a extremely dominant force or the thinking is on the part of Philip Price in the financial sector. And just in general the political sector because now with the backing of the two trillion dollars from China, kind of backing the, the currency in a sense or the company I should say, because the company in essence, with eCoin, is kind of like on the U.S. dollar, um, where it's basically the faith in the United States government will 
allow for the currency to be in existence, but the debts to be settled with it, the little green piece of paper that you, you hand over. Uh, in this case, it's uh, the faith in E-Corp with the backing of $2 trillion from China and the backing of the U.S. government through the Fed that this coin will be valid, will be in existence, and will be viable. And it's being issued by this very um, nefarious company doing certain outward. So I thought I should just cover that, making the distinction in the difference between Bitcoin, which is um, distributed, decentralized, and it's not uh, issued by any kind of centralized authority, be it government, whether a former government or banking system. It, it was anonymous, it's open source, anyone can look at the code, anyone can utilize the code, anyone can make changes to the code if they get consensus or create their own uh, cryptocurrency if they want to, which plenty of people have done so based off of Bitcoin. It's also in a peer-to-peer. It exists on the internet. Um, it's backed by this mathematical principles of cryptocurrencies. Uh, it has this thing called a public ledger where all the transactions that happen on it um, are recorded from the beginning to the end. And there's only 21 of them in existence. And because it's decentralized, peer-to-peer, global, with no social authority, um, as Philip Price says, it's, it's an anarchist. If you allow it to come to fruition it's it's gonna upset the balance of things. And it already is. There's, you know, plenty of banking infrastructure currently right now as we speak, seeking to create their own uh, bank backed cryptocurrency or even government backed cryptocurrency that doesn't have the same attributes as Bitcoin in the sense that it's uh, distributed and decentralized, but everything else about it being a public ledger, about being backed by um, mathematical principles or photography, so the information is all um, encoded into the message, if you will. Um, these type of things um, they're looking to do as a way of um, being part of the 21st century, being able to transact, because so much of everything we do is on the internet, being able to securely transact um, across oceans, if you will, with money, not having this huge delay with, as with, with the current banking infrastructure trying to reduce fraud, trying to reduce inefficiencies, things of that nature, but still having control, allowing to, them to actually perhaps still manipulate the financial system. Right now, uh, Bitcoin is, you know, there's only supposed to be 21 million coins. Well, with something like, uh, you know, e-coin, we don't know how many coins are going to come into existence, and they can keep on pumping as many coins as they choose to. There might not be a set amount. Same thing with these big, with these banking stuff. Any of the government-backed coins are going to have to have done. You know, so you're going to have inflation. Um, you're going to have manipulation uh, because again, it's still a centralized authority. You know, they use these very unique and distinctive technology to use and utilize it in the same way they've done before because it's all about power control. I think that pretty much covers it. I do think that Ecoin is going to play a role. And whether or not uh, F Society or Elliot, I should say, uh, they're phase two, are they going to be able to be successful in preventing the launch or successful launch of Ecoin? Uh, the other thing is, I think that Elliot as a character may have had a part to play with Ecoin. Because it seems like Philip Price has been working on this concept of Ecoin for a very long time, considering uh, his conversations he's had with White Rose. Uh, we don't know what Elliot was doing for a particular company in the very beginning when he and Darlene when they had their flashback that he and Darlene were having that conversation about uh, him he lost a job. Uh, we find out through all these different sources that he was locked in the server room, that he had a bit of a blackout, he just remembered knocking the servers down, he had to spend a little bit of time. Uh, we don't know what his project was. Uh, he was saying, you know, they were just jealous of him because, or upset with him because his job was to hack in their servers and he kept hacking in the servers. He kept um, winning, if you will, and they got upset with his skill level, if you will, making things difficult where they wanted to go on the weekend for the third, third day, but here he was hacking away. So he, he could have been working on a, a 
an equine project or it can be working on something else. It could be tied to the Washington Township, um, really a uh, plant, really the ultimate MacGuffin of the show winning the concept. We have no idea, but it, everything on the show, everything they state, everything they show us plays some hand or some part overall in the infrastructure of the show and the storyline. And so I think it really has to come down as far as next season, season three, will equine be launched? Uh, successfully going beyond New York, going globally, getting a fed back in, if you will, getting really, really super out there into the uh, Mr. Robot world. And two, will uh, Philip Price be successful in having that monetary bounce that he's seeking to do and be the most powerful person in the world? It, you know, it remains to be seen. But that's it for concept of us discussing ecoin and bitcoin for this episode uh, next episode we're going to talk about the uh, ARG uh, game that's associated with Mr. Robot and the following episode after that we'll be, we'll be discussing uh, the Washington Town- Township plant the ultimate guffin and then finally to kind of wrap up these um, these episodes before you know the launch of season 3 you know, we're going to do a review of some of the Mr. Robot products. The Red Wheelbarrow uh, book review. We'll review the app that they had, the game app they had, uh, which is on iOS and Android. As well as a little fun stuff that they have, like little knickknacks, like the Funko Pop um, series that they have. They've done the cast of Mr. Robot. There's three different versions of Elliot. Uh, one with him having the Mr. Robot mask. One with him having the hoodie on leather out so there's a lot of fun stuff plus there's a white rose funko pop that's just fantastic looking we'll talk about that kind of stuff so that's it um thank you for listening i'm walking off the chat for now thank you for listening please rate and review i have your actions or stitchers or any of the podcasting apps that you're currently using to listen to this show thank you and until next time this has been a little space on the scene in the